So um, let's. I guess let's just jump right on in. Um, <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, my name is Samuel Frauenstein. Uh, I've been a competitive strongman from South Africa for, geez, probably thirteen, going on fourteen years now, um, which just basically means that I'm really old. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been good fun. Been uh, blessed to. To compete a bit, uh, you know, internationally, and you know, do one or two big shows. So yeah, it's been a it's been a great run so far. That's awesome. So, um, can you tell me uh, what inspired you to become uh, a strongman competitor? It's an interesting story, actually. Uh, growing up, I was, uh, you know, I played rugby uh, professionally. Rugby in South Africa is pretty big. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't. You know, I was the smallest kid around, and um, I got thrown around like a rag doll, man. So, I uh, got to a point where I thought, you know, let me take a year off from rugby and just, you know, focus on putting, you know, putting on a bit of size. At that point, a friend of mine uh, competed at World's Strongest Man, and you know, I started training with him. And I thought, you know, this looks really stupid. Let's do this. This looks like a really silly idea. So. Yeah, it was extreme. It was crazy. It, um, you know, it's something that just really appealed to me. And, um, you know, I remember at that point, probably weighing half what I do now. Um, I'm about, actually, I'm about 280, 285 now. And I mean, mate, I was barely a buck 40 uh, with change in my pockets. So it was tough, but just loved it. I just love the fact that, you know, starting out, I didn't know what my body was capable of doing, um, you know, and I'd look at these weights and I'd be like, impossible. You know, two, three years later, that was, that was the weights I was playing around with. So once that bug bit, man, I was in and it's, you know, through a ton of injuries, I'm, you know, I'm still doing it and loving every second of it. That's awesome. Um, did you have a, a competitor that maybe you looked up to, to kind of give you some, uh, inspiration. Absolutely. You know, I've been, I've been very lucky. Um, the, the locally, uh, you know, there's a, there's a few guys, um, Henny Jordan, uh, Etienne Smith, you know, it's guys that have all done world's strongest man, Gerard van Staden, who I'm, who I'm very close with. Um, you know, those guys have just, they've taken me under their wing ages ago and, you know, just kind of showed me what, the, the sport is about, you know, it's so much more than just going and lifting weights and moving weights. It's that camaraderie. And what I love about the sport and something that they instilled in me at a, you know, very early in my career was supporting the competition, you know, supporting your competitor, rooting for him to do as good as he can. Because for us, or for me anyway, if I'm going to win, I want to beat the best at their best. You know, I don't want them having an off day and, you know, me kind of squirming in there. And that's great because that just means that the guys want the best for each other. And I haven't seen that in another sport yet. So, you know, that's something that I absolutely love. Um, I've been fortunate to to make friends with a few of the international guys. Um, Evan Singleton, um, Machas Balzac, you know, a, a lot of the guys – uh, and they've been great, and they've got the same kind of approach that that I do. So it's really nice to see that it's the same all over the world. And you know, I've, I've um, 
one of the biggest international comps I competed in was uh, uh, the Arnold uh, Strongman Classic out in Australia. And it was the same vibe, man. You had uh, you had all the big pros, all the world's strongest man guys there. And it was all the same. You know, they were just so happy when you hit a specific weight that you've been training for, whether it's heavy in their eyes or not. You know, they were just really happy for you. So I love that. I love that it. It's that it's level across the board, um, you know. So that's that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, and I uh, I talked to um, I believe his name is JF Carone from Canada recently, and he said the same. Carone, yeah. yeah. That uh, the the strongman community is um, a very tight knit community. Very much so, mate. I mean, JF, what a phenomenal athlete, an absolute legend in the sport. Um, you know, what What we need to still learn, he's forgotten. Um, he, he suffered a, a, a really bad injury at Arnold's Ohio this year. Um, but uh, just an incredible athlete. You saw him at World's Strongest Man. It was the first time in, I think, 10 years he didn't compete. But he was there supporting his fellow Canadians, supporting his friends, and dude, that's a that's a championship attitude right there. You know, most of the guys would be, well, I'm not competing, so screw this, I won't be there. You know, that fear of missing. He was there, man, and he was supporting the guys, giving them advice, helping you know the younger guys. So that's what it's about. And there's such an incredible respect between the competitors for what we do and for what we put our bodies through, you know? So there's always just that quiet nod of just respect, regardless of how strong you are. Um, the fact that you're putting your body through what you're doing, it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool thing, man. So yeah, it's, that's my favorite part of Strongman is, is the incredible people I've met along the way and all of the fantastic friendships I've managed to make. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I always have kind of the same question when it comes down to your training regimen. Um, what do you do to get ready for a competition? Yeah, the training is, the training is tough. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate. My, uh, I'm coached by, uh, Lil Bianchi, um, from, from the OTG group. And she's taken my training to a, to a whole different level. Uh, basically, about 12, 16 weeks out from a competition, we'll have an idea of what the events are. And then we'll start working in and around those events, um, you know, the rep ranges that we would need to do. Generally, the, the training, the first four weeks, eight, uh, you know, four, eight weeks starts off a little lighter um, and more high volume. And that then progresses as we go along to heavier weights, less volume, um, until about two weeks before the competition, you know, you're kind of pushing your absolute maximum as much as you can. Uh, and then we take a week off, or I take a week off generally before a, before a big comp, uh, just to let the body rest, all the niggles rest a bit. And um, yeah, in that time, I just, you know, focusing on the diet, make sure that I keep the food uh, relatively clean in the sense that the the nutrients are quite dense, quite high. Um, you know, you put your body through a lot. So 
Dude, eating. It's it's the eating and sleeping that last week. That's it. That's pretty much all I do. I'm, you know, like a bear in hibernation. Um, and uh, during that time, I try and visualize the events, you know, that we're going to be doing. Um, kind of see them in my head, get a feel for them, so that when I get to the platform or when I get to the arena, it doesn't feel new, you know? It feels like, oh, yeah, I've been here before. Um, you know, and you kind of visualize the way you want it to go. Obviously, not everything goes the way you want to, you know, on the day. Um, so, you you know, you tend to plan a little for contingencies. And, you know, uh, I heard somewhere some good advice. A mate of mine told me that to be a good strongman, you need to have a very short memory. Because if you screw up an event, you need to be able to forget it very quickly and focus on the next one. So it's something that I've been trying to be better at. Uh, and it's it's a challenge, man. It always is. It's um, it's so much fun. So, yeah, I just try and stick to the plan, stick to the protocol. Fortunately, like I said, uh, my coaches take care of most of the, of the thinking. Um, you know, I'm not there to yeah, think. Right. I'm just there to lift. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so that's pretty much where it gets. I know a lot of the, a lot of the newer guys – about a week, two weeks out from the competition, they, you know, they freak out. They try new diets, new methods, new this, new that. And that's the last thing you should ever do. Keep the program, keep the process as you were for the previous 16 weeks. An interesting story, a friend of mine competed at a big competition out in China. And when he arrived there, he decided for whatever reason to change his diet a week out from the competition. And uh, let's just say, his uh, gastrointestinal system Ooh. did not agree with that. <laughs> and he lost about 25 pounds in that week and ended up having to withdraw. So, yeah, stick to what you know, man. And don't eat <laughs> shellfish in China, <laughs> period. So <laughs> when it comes down to um, your calorie consumption, uh, I know it's pretty high on a daily basis, but what would you say that your, your calorie count usually is? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, the calories are are definitely on the higher side. Um, you know, purely because you're putting your body through what you're putting it through. Um, at the moment, my maintenance calories is sitting at about four thousand nine hundred. So that's what I eat without having to worry about bulking up or losing a bit of weight or whatever. So if I can, if I eat four thousand nine hundred calories a day. I'm pretty. I stay pretty much where I am. Uh, leading into a competition, we'll start upping that by about two to 400 calories every two weeks so that the weight I'm putting on is decent and also that it doesn't overload my system to a point where all my energy is spent digesting the food and I've got no energy left for, for training. As silly as that sounds, mate, that's a, you know, that's a real thing. When I, when I get to about six, six and a half thousand calories, um, I'm so tired of just eating. And because by the time you finished eating, you need to have the next meal already. When you get to train at the end of the day, you know, you've got 4,000 calories in your system. You're a bit sluggish. You're a little tired from, from eating. So that becomes a little tricky. So I try and just keep an increased uh, increments. I try and keep that small. So it's not a massive shock to the system. And, 6,000 calories, 6,500, 
It sounds like a lot. I mean, if you look at the the big guys, the J.F. Carons or the Brian Shaws of the world, you know, those guys are having 12, 13, 14,000 calories. But then again, they also weigh, you know, just over 400 pounds. So, no, it's a, yeah, it's a crazy yeah. thing and, to feed these guys. I would imagine <laughs> that being on that training regimen, you know, for a lot of people who aren't doing what you do, you know, of course, you know, eating is, is enjoyable, but probably by the end of your training, you're kind of not wanting to consume a lot of food. Brother, I, I have this conversation with people often, the bodybuilders, they tell me, oh, it's so terrible. I'm hungry all the time. I can't. And I'm like, dude, I would be, I would kill to be hungry. I would fucking kill to be hungry. It's like a full. I mean, eating is easy <laughs> if you're hungry. If you're not, it's it's tough. Um, I remember, I remember preparing for uh, Africa's Strongest Man end of last year, and when my calorie count was at its highest, it was about six and a half thousand, almost yeah, borderline seven thousand. I would have my last meal at half past one in the morning. Um, I just don't have an. I just don't have an appetite, and I would sit there, and it would be two hundred grams of steak, and let's say three hundred grams of of jasmine rice or whatever, and it would take me forty five minutes to an hour to eat that. And you know when you cut the meat, right, and you cut it into a smaller piece, and you cut that into a smaller piece because you just can't stomach it. Um, so. That is tough. That really, really is. Uh, but it makes all the difference. You know, it really makes all the difference. So fortunately, my nutritional coaches, you know, they find ways around swapping out maybe more calorie dense food. Um, towards the end, I'll have a lot of my calories as shakes. You know, I'll just throw everything in the blender, man. Blend <laughs> it up, button the nose, off you go. Just to get it in, you know. So it really gets to a point where the food isn't enjoyable. But you, you know, it's fuel. So yeah, I would challenge anybody. I would swap any bodybuilder any day. Uh, force feeding is worse than being hungry. I'm, it I'm does, pretty yes, sure. sure. But, you know, it comes so with when the territory. You travel. Um, have you come across any issues when you do travel, whether it be in planes or or cars, just because of of the the general mass of how big you are? Yeah, it, it is difficult. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, nowhere near as big as the as the really big guys. But, you know, you're about double the size of the average guy. So whenever you get onto a plane, everybody, you know, you walk in and I'm the last guy to get on the plane. And everybody starts kind of looking around. Please, God, don't <laughs> sit next to me. Don't sit next to me. So, <laughs> and unfortunately, um, every now and then, you know, you the stewardess takes uh, takes pity on me and, you know, moves people around so I've got an extra seat next to me. If they don't, I end up always sitting on top of the poor guy next to me or the poor lady next to me, and it's just uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> um, so it is. It, it is a challenge, especially when you've got those long flights. I mean, the, the flight to Australia was – because there was so many stopovers, it ended up being like a 30-hour wow. transit. And, um, yeah, not a happy camper. Uh, when it comes to – yeah, it, it, it's crazy, man. Um, and then the other problem is the amount of food they feed you on the plane is very little. So, you know, you've always got kind of got carry-on with you. And uh, then you open the Tupperware and you're eating and people just 
I don't know. I find it strange. It's something I'm used to now. But uh, yeah, you you know, you get the odd stare yeah. and kind of weird look. That's right. And so we kind of <laughs> touched on your training, is, right? but when you're on the road going to a competition, is, is there a regimen that you stay on uh, to to yeah uh, keep your 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 size and mass up um, if you're away from home as far as eating? absolutely absolutely mate i've got um when it comes to something like that if i i try and plan ahead so i'll make sure that where i stay the accommodation is always near a supermarket or a restaurant or whatever the case may be uh if i can't do that then i try and find a butchery in the area nearby um you know i'll call ahead and you know make arrangements for that if that doesn't work um my supplement sponsor then generally just kind of packs in into the the boot of the car. It just fills it up with protein and, and all kinds of stuff. Fortunately, in South Africa, jerky, uh, or as we call it, biltong, is it's very popular and it's pretty much readily available everywhere. So that then becomes my staple protein source. You know, I'll get a couple of packets of that just kind of loaded into the bag and, and, and off I go. So you, you tend to kind of figure it out. Um, one thing I did, I, I once boiled an egg inside a kettle. It was the craziest thing um, because, you know, I, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a stove. I was like, kettle eggs. Okay, this could work. This could work. Banged them in there and half of them was overcooked. The other half was undercooked. <laughs> And at yeah. that point, you just like, fuck it, just get in there, you know. So, um, so you do. Um, it it isn't fun, but it you know it it it's become a re- part of my routine, like uh, brushing my teeth and praying at night before I go to bed. It's part of the routine. So, it's it's something that I I plan ahead. Um, holidays are tricky. Um, you know, like over Christmas or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you go and see the family and. Uh, you know, their concept of eating is, is very, very different than mine. So, you know, they'll be like, okay, cool, guys. We've had breakfast. We're going to eat again tonight. I'm like, no, I've got three or four meals that have to have. So it's tricky, but, you know, fortunately, they, you know, they're really good with that. They, uh, they've come to understand that, um, you know, when you go and visit friends and you have to take your own food, um, you know, some right. of them frown upon it. <laughs> You know, so when you've done the uh, the Arnold for classics, <laughs> um, have you had the uh, uh, the honor of meeting uh, Arnold himself? I have. It was fantastic. Um, I met him in Australia uh, briefly, and interestingly enough, uh, that was in March of the year. And in May of the same year, we had Africa, uh, the Arnold Africa Classic in South Africa. And he was there and I competed again. And uh, man, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, he, he, he recognized me and, you know, greeted me by name. And uh, it, it was the most incredible, most humbling experience that a guy of that stature uh, remembered, you know, who I was. And I think that's part of his incredible charm and that's part of what makes him Arnold is his immense passion for the athletes. You know, Arnold is about the spectators, absolutely, but he makes the athletes feel incredibly special. You know, every single time I've been fortunate enough to compete at the Arnolds, 
you know, he's been there. He's come to watch, you know, and, and when Arnold's there, man, you, it's like you get this kick of adrenaline out of, out of nowhere and, and, and you just surprise yourself because you can't miss a lift with the Terminator watching you. I mean, that would be the most unforgivable thing I'd ever do in my life. So, you know, <laughs> it was a, it's a crazy story. We had a car deadlift one year and, uh, and, you know, getting ready to do it. And I can't even remember the weight. It was 850 or 880 for reps. I, I can't even remember. But needless to say, it was a weight that I'd not lifted before. And I'm strapping in. I'm thinking to, I'm thinking to myself, I can see Arnold coming. I hope he turns at the CrossFit because he can't be here when I miss this lift. And he turns and he's there. And I'm going, oh, God. Mate, I was pulling and pulling. At one point, my ears were popping. I was deaf for like two events. Blood was coming. It was just coming out of every RF. But, you know, managed to kind of get it and uh, looked like I looked comfortable-ish. And then when he kind of turned and left, that's the point where <laughs> I collapsed and, you know, right into the fetal position uh, until the next event. So, right. you know, but... But man, that, geez, that, I mean, that's why we do the sport, right? It's for moments like that, um, where you just, you surprise yourself and you're in the presence of, of somebody great. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the sport, I wouldn't, I would never have the opportunities I have. I'd never have met the people I have, I've never seen the places I have. So it's an incredibly so, humbling experience and one that um, I was on your Instagram for. earlier today and I saw where you were doing the, uh, is it the log lift where you'd hurt your, your arm? Uh, what, what happened there? Yeah. Yeah. Tricep. That's right. But it was the, it was the national log press and deadlift competition. Um, Log press is, I mean, it's my favorite event in the world. Um, you know, it's one that I'm really, really comfortable with to my own detriment. Um, the weight that I use there, uh, I was about 100 and, 150 kilos. What's that in pounds? Like 300 and something. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a weight that I do quite often in training. And, you know, it was a great buzz. There's a lot of people, you know, felt good curled it and it felt really strong and I felt like oh, I can do this forever pressed it out and and my showmanship or arrogance whatever you want to call it got the better of me and I decided to stand on one leg with a weight overhead which I've done in the gym you know and it always gets a nice little chuckle unfortunately at this time um I don't know my my, my balance was a little off and as I lift the other leg to stand on one, the weight shifted onto the left arm and it ruptured the tri uh, the uh, tendon right off the bone. And you just heard the snap. And um, I've had some really bad injuries in the past. You know, I've had to have both my knees replaced uh, because of a car flip. I've had three hip replacements. I've had to get, you know, the pecs reattached. So when that happened, I knew it was off the bone and it's the funniest thing. The first thing that popped into my head, and I think it pops into most, most athletes' heads like that, is how long am I going to be out for? It's not about the pain. It's not about anything else. It's how long am I going to be out for? And um, went to the hospital immediately. And I don't know if it was the swelling or whatever it was, but it was a bit. It was misdiagnosed. I was just told that it was a 
a small strain, I'll be fine. And so for the next three weeks, I was, you know, kind of doing my thing. And things just did not get better. So ended up seeing an orthopedic surgeon and he immediately told me we need to operate tomorrow. We need to get the, the, the tendon ruptured. Did the operation and it was incredibly successful. Um, so it's back, it's attached. And, you know, hopefully by early next year, I'll be strong enough to, to compete again. Um, it's, it is what it is, mate. When, you, when you've got these weights, injuries is, I mean, that, that's the price of admission. You know, you look at all these incredible rodeo cowboys and, you know, they're all broken and busted. But, you know, that's the that's the price of admission. That's that's the price you pay. And, um, yeah, so it's not great. It's not fun. But um, every day, you know, doing the rehab work, doing what I need to do. And, you know, it's getting stronger. And hopefully, like the other injuries, I finished well, – I managed to come back stronger than I was before the injury. And, you know, um, that's, that's the plan on the cards again. So hopefully by early next year, I'll be able to do that again. I won't be doing it on one leg, though. I will be keeping both feet firmly tucked on the ground. <laughs> but, you know, you have fun. Um, uh, that's the idea, right? If, it, if I did that and it worked, it would have been really great. And, you know, it didn't. So, you know, only me to blame. Um, um, no one else. But, so uh, when you're not yeah, doing the strongman competitions, I saw on your Instagram that you are uh, a producer of sorts. What what kind of products do you have? <clears throat> yeah, um, so that's you know that's what pays the bills. I'm a, I'm a film producer, um, have been for the last fifteen years. Um, you know some of the you know, a lot of local films, stuff like that. But probably the biggest or most well-known film that I've been involved with was a movie called District 9, uh, which we did with Peter Jackson and uh, Neil Blomkamp. Uh, so that was a ton of fun to do. Um, but, yeah, locally and, you know, I love it. I've, I've produced close to 40 films. Now I've been involved with close to 40 uh, feature uh, productions and uh, it's not like I work man it's the it's the biggest fun in the world I get to make movies for a living you know I get to dream up beautiful scenes and scenarios and I get to work with the most talented actors and um you know I, I've been very fortunate to have done a few films with Daryl Ruet who is an Oscar nominated and Oscar winning director so it's been an it, it's been awesome um, and to be able to have that as a creative outlet is is amazing. You know, I'm 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 incredibly blessed. I get to lift heavy things at night. Yeah, that's a win. -win. And during the day, I get to make pretty pictures. So yeah, um, what's not to um, love? Have you met any any actors, or is there anything Absolutely. coming up that you would like to uh, work with uh, certain actors? And, uh, and Oh, absolutely. I've been, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to, um, to have met one or two, you know, bigger names. Um, but if, I mean, if I probably the currently the, the favorite actors or, or that I'd love to work with, 
Um, oh, geez, mate, that, that, that's such a tough question. It would probably be somebody along the lines of uh, Denzel Washington, Daniel Day-Lewis, um, you know, just one of those real method actors, you know, the guys that live the role on and off screen. Um, I've been fortunate to um, to have worked with, you know, Jamie Bernadette, um, you know, who's a, who's quite a well-known um, U.S. actress. Um, and working with her was, was absolutely phenomenal. She's, she just brought this whole different level to film. You know, she did, um, she did a movie with Johnny Depp. She's done one or two other films. And um, so the stories have, have been incredible. Um, Daryl Ruet worked with, oh, geez, Val Kilmer. He actually found Haley Berry. He's, you know, he's worked with a ton of them. So the stories that, that we were able to share on screen or off screen has been great. Um, you know, I did some work with Shannon Sossman, with Billy Zane. And, you know, there's been some really interesting guys. I'm not going to lie. There's been some crazy requests. Um, I just nod and, you know, smile and wave. Um, but for the most part, it's been, it's been incredible. And the thing I love the most is being able to see their process right before a take, you know, what their process is, where do they go with their head? Um, and, and that's inspiring. And I've taken a lot of that into my, into my strongman training, you know, that, that focus, that preparing, that type of stuff. Um, I've managed to take quite a lot of that. Um, and it's been amazing. So no, mate, I'm in awe every day I get to go to work. Um, <laughs> It's fantastic. So yeah, maybe one day, and uh, I'm pretty sure Denzel's watching you. Uh, so do you podcast. have any uh, Denzel possible give us a upcoming project? Love to work with you, dude. <laughs> I do. Um, I've got. I'm busy developing a, a horror pic, uh, film at the moment. Uh, I love horrors, man. It's the coolest thing to shoot. Um, it's just so much fun. Um, one of my horrors at the is actually on Amazon and Netflix <laughs> at the moment. It's called The Lullaby. Um, it's a bit twisted. It's a bit scary, but you know it's what it's supposed to be. So I'm I'm, I'm in I'm in the process of that, and then I am we're busy editing a a thriller, a, a crime based thriller, which is called Brixton. It is based on the, in South Africa, the Brixton murder unit, the murder and robbery unit. It, 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 it's famous. I mean, they did work with Scotland Yard and um, it's kind of been disbanded. So I was always fascinated with the types of stories, you know, the serial killer stories, that type of stuff. So that's why the John Wayne Gacy one, when you sent that, I was like, dude, this is, this is my jam. So we're busy editing that and, it looks phenomenal. Um, you know, it's so cool when you see it and you have this idea of what it's going to look like afterwards and then you see it and it's better. You're like, man, uh, that's really cool. So, so that's, you know, that excites me. So those are the, those are the two projects that, you know, that I'm working on at the moment and um, I'll absolutely keep you up to speed. And, you know, my, my last project lullaby and the furnace, we both had premieres in, in, in Hollywood. So, you know, holding thumbs to be able to get a premiere out that side of the world again. Um, it's always my favorite thing in the world to come and visit and, and hang out in, in the States and LA. It's, uh, it's great. Definitely, I, very I love cool. the place, man. I just well, absolutely love it. I, food, I don't want to keep you too, too awful good, long. So, uh, so, I mean, I appreciate I you coming on, man. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you. 
Um, definitely would love to do it again, especially when you have a, a newer project coming up. That way we can kind of discuss that. You bet, Josh. What I'll do is I will be sure once the trailer for the for the crime definitely, thriller is definitely. done and dusted, I'll be sure to get it sent to you first. Um, I'd love your opinion.